The Money Show. Small business. Right, this actually leads us to our small business focus because it's really hard out there. Now, talking about uh, how to make the best out of COVID-19, why some businesses are thriving and others are drowning, and maybe some of the key points we can take out of this next interview will be to show what you can do with your company to make sure that it's streamlined. You don't want to retrench people, but you do want to make money as well. Joining us to discuss this is Ross Drakes, host of One More Question podcast by NiceWork. Hi, Ross. Good evening. Welcome to The Money Show. Good evening. How are you? Not too bad. The bigger question is, how are businesses coping? How are people maybe purposing to scale down, downscaling and making, their, making sure that their businesses are more pointed? What advice do you have on that? Well, I think, uh, I mean, I've been running my business for the last 15 years, and I think the last three have been the most challenging from many, many, many different um, perspectives. But at the same time, I'm seeing, you know, our business and a lot of my peers are are actually doing quite well in amongst all of the chaos, um, whilst there's still many businesses that are suffering and disappearing because obviously the economy and everybody are under huge pressure at the moment. Yeah. Ross, just describe uh, your just describe your business. I mean, the One More Question podcast, also nice work. Describe what you do and how you've had to restructure yourselves. So, so nice work. We're in the business of building brands that people care about. And sort of the gift that COVID gave us is we're now building brands in the Web3 space that people care about. And the secret sauce for us is all about finding an emotional connection that people can form between a business or a product or a service and the the company providing it. And I think the tool that we've been working with for the last seven or eight years is is the concept of purpose, which is one of those um, topics that's been thrown around a lot. But, you know, I think it's it's very, very powerful when it's not used just as a, a marketing tool. Right. Okay. So therefore, let's go through some of the things that perhaps you've used in your team and others can use in theirs, like motivation and, and motivating people in your team, making sure the morale comes up, et cetera, et cetera. What would you do? So I think, you know, for me, it all starts with, with understanding the purpose of the company. And when in the, the case of a small business, um, it's often the purpose of the founder or the the leadership team and actually spending time and energy and effort building clarity around that because you know if you if you go around a table and ask everyone what the purpose of the business is you'll probably get five answers if there's five people and you'll get 10 if there's 10 so spending some time and energy getting clarity around that and making sure that it's something really meaningful for the people who are are crafting that statement because like I said it's been tough you know and I've been running my business and I've got my management team around me and if me as the leader if I if I fall into a dark place and and can't show up at work and show up with sort of meaning and vigor um, that that energy rubs off on other people so I think the first thing to really think about when you you are sort of embarking on this journey is what drives you as the the leader of the business because 
if you can get in touch with that, if you can feel that, then you can use that same energy and that same sort of communication to to get your team inspired. Um, yeah. And a lot of the work we do is to help people connect from there's that business purpose, which often seems far away from the individuals in the company. How do you make it feel practical for the people inside the organization who might not be kind of living the full dream? They might be fulfilling one key piece or even one small piece of the pie. How do you get them to feel mm. connected to that so they can show up? But that's rare leadership, isn't it? Because very often you get a manager and you get a leader. and Very often that's not the same thing. Oh, no, no, uh, I think they, they are fundamentally different. I think managers just make sure that boxes are ticked and they make sure that, that certain things are being met. And I think leaders need to, to understand the, the nuance of the individual, the nuance of the scenario, the nuance of everything and actually inspire people to, to step up and do things that, that you might not even have thought of. And I think that's where, this gets really exciting. I mean, my team has really astounded me over the last three years of some of the ideas they've come up with that if it was just left up to me, the manager to come up with them, I never would have even extended my brain into that space. Yeah. Did COVID-19, did it make us lazy or did it bring out, like you say, all the great elements from people? So so I think it's it's polarizing. I think some people have have laid down and given up. But I can say for myself, I don't think I've ever been more engaged in my business. And I don't think my team has ever been more inspired because of the, the constraints and the pressure that it's put. But within that, there's also huge opportunity because as as the world is shifting and changing under our feet, there's massive opportunity to redefine yourself, to redefine your products and to, to move. I mean, you know, when we started the pandemic, 88% of our work was South African and now sort of 90% of our income is coming from either Europe or the United States of America. Yeah, that's interesting. It really is. Have you had to though redesign your whole work, uh, your, your whole workplace, your your train, your your everything that goes with it. And I say that I look at Google, and I always love Google because when you go and work for Google, you do amazing things. You do all sorts of different things. Have you had to do the same thing just to keep that morale going, just to get people to come to work with a smile on their face and go, you know what? I really believe in you. Yeah. So I mean, at NiceWork, our our purpose is to make things that people care about, and you know, part of the redesign, this process you were talking about is we were like, what do we care about? Because I think we'd got sucked into just delivering things that people were buying. And we've ended up actually saying no to a lot of work that doesn't align with who we are as an organization. Because when we take the work on that, that fits our purpose and fits our direction, my team is able to show up in a much stronger, much more powerful way. So I think one of the big realizations I had to have as the leader of the business is sometimes turning down revenue, even profitable revenue is actually better in the long term than just grabbing onto everything that ultimately leaves the team 
and your processes and your systems feeling sort of scattered and and not sort of super clear and focused. Yeah. How do you choose your staff members? How do you employ them? Is it quite a process or do you know immediately when you see someone, you're the person I want? No, so we've we've got a very in-depth process. So we, we go through four stages of interviews, but the fundamental principles of it is is the first fit is do these people live our values? Do they are they gonna help build nice work and build the team that we're trying to create? And if the answer is no, even if they have all of the credentials and all of the skills, they don't fit our team. And the rest of the the interview process is around making sure that they have the grit and the skills and all of the things that we need to build that um, place. And in, in fact, I think COVID has shifted the people that we hire because we used to just hire almost carbon copies of ourselves. But now we've realized that that by playing in different areas, you need different people with different personalities and different things, but you need that underlying value set that really does tie together a team. So the people might be fundamentally different to each other, but they almost believe and value the same things. Yeah. Another question here from uh, someone who's WhatsApped in says, working hours, working from a home, is it still viable for people to work from home? Do you let your staff work from home a couple of days a week? Or is it where I want you in, I want my team worthy because it works better that way? So, so we're, uh, we're now, uh, we weren't before, but we are now a fully distributed team. So we now have team people sitting in the Cape. We have people in Gauteng. And I think that idea of when someone is sitting in your office, at a desk in a chair they are being productive is such a it's a thought that i think needs to go away so we found that the more flexibility we give people and if you have the right people you get more performance out of them because some days you're just off and you you need to take some time some days you've got family that needs to be taken care of and other days you feel like working for 10 11 12 13 hours and i think part of this future is that there's an opportunity for people to rethink nine to five. In fact, you know, we started, we were nine to five and now our official working hours are um, nine to six. And some people start at 10, some people start at nine. It doesn't actually really matter as mm. long as they show up when they need to show up and they deliver what they need to to deliver. Yeah. You, Ross, you deal in building brands. So take us through what companies should be doing now to build their brand post-COVID-19, entering, in, entering into this horrible economic turmoil at the moment. What should you be doing then to build your brand? We've spoken about how you got your team together. What happens next in building your brand? I think the really important thing is once you know what's important to you, if you if you've articulated the purpose of your organization, you need to take a step back and realize that that's really important to you, the founder, the people inside the business. This is what you spend all of your time doing. But what most brands make a mistake of is they they don't think about the people who are buying from them. And we always try and flip that narrative. So, yes, I know what's important to me. But what is important to me and how does that play out in your life? What is the benefit to you? Because if you can understand that and you can build your positioning and your messaging and all of your touch points around that, like this is the difference we are going to make in your life. 
you don't have to fill in the reasons why I should care because if I hear something and I go, oh, that will actually make my life better, that will solve one of my problems, that will improve something I didn't think I needed to improve, let me do that. And I think the brands that are standing out right now and the ones that are are performing really well are ones that are connected to people on an emotional level because, you know, the, the finances are getting stretched, the, the, the stress levels are very high, you know, but people are still wanting to make themselves feel better. They still have the problems that they have and the companies that they're selecting and the products that they're buying can be, uh, you know, those connections can be slightly deeper and they can survive a time mm. like this. And in fact, I think when we move into the, the next stage of the pandemic, it'll be or the, the global sort of fallout of all of this, those brands that have managed to foster those connections with people will do very, very well. Yeah. And perhaps also have a compelling brand story, a story that's behind your brand that you believe in. And if you believe in it, somebody else will believe in it and off you go. Well, it's also that thing. I mean, imagine you go on a date and, and while you sit on a date, all you do is talk about yourself. You leave that date going, this was amazing. But the other person leaves that date going, wow, that person just, you know, they're super self-centered <laughs> and they don't, they, you know, they don't think about anyone else. If you flip that around and you literally spend the entire date asking that person questions and talking about them and taking a deep fundamental interest in it, they leave that date going, that person understands me, they get me, you know, they are, they are so in touch with who I am. And this is, if you are a business owner and you're selling, you must realize that that's the role you need to be filling. You need to make the people that you serve feel like you understand them, that you care about them, that you want to help them live whatever dream it is that you're promising them. And that will lead ultimately to better business, to more sales, to more connection, to deeper sort of, you know, engagements with people. Yeah, Ross Drake's host of Nice Work. Thank you so much for coming onto The Money Show this evening. We've had a fascinating chat with you about building brands and building up the office and all the best for the future. We'll, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you very much. Enjoy your evening.